Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on episode 86 of the Practicology Podcast. We appreciate having you with us and taking time to listen to our thoughts from the scriptures today. Mike is going to be talking a little bit to us about anxiety today. Of course, we we keep referring back multiple times over the past month. We've referred back to that three-part series that we did in the spring with Josh Smith. But, Mike, you've obviously got something of your own to add today, and I'm looking forward to hearing that. But before you get into that, let's just mention the recent August Summer Challenge that we have gone through as we went through Ephesians chapter 1. The deadline for memorization has come and gone. But we would just like to say what a blessing it was to be able to listen to the recordings that people submitted, some video, some just audio of them quoting the words of Ephesians chapter 1. It was great to hear. That was not an easy or a short chapter, but you did very well. And uh, just sharing some of the encouragement that that act of memorization has been to you as those scriptures have come to your mind through the day. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for participating in that Ephesians 1 memorization challenge with us. Yeah, it was great to hear uh, many of you record yourselves and, and send that our way. Of course, some of you maybe started, but you never finished, and so we never heard from you. But I just want to encourage you, whether you succeeded in memorizing the entire chapter or you only did a few verses, I'd really encourage you to lock in what you memorized. And this is not a hard thing to do. Maybe you only memorized like five verses and maybe you did the whole chapter, but just try to uh, work it into your day where, where you can say those verses, say once a day for 30 days. If you could do that, you would lock it in for the rest of your life. So who has time for this, right? Who has time to do this? Well, we probably all do. Uh, you could you could do it while you're having a shower or while you're commuting. Uh, maybe you're trying to get steps up on your step count for each day. So just walk around the house saying the chapter or the few verses. Do it once a day for 30 days and, and you'll have it for the rest of your life. So I'd like to encourage you to do that. Good advice, Mike. Thank you for the exhortation and the reminder. But let's hear now what you've got to say for us on the subject of anxiety. I'm looking forward to hear this. We're, we're in a bit of a, a stressful time ourselves. We're, we're almost finished our moving process uh, and the, the house renovations. And of course, that's all coming together and we've got to move everything in. And we're in different homes right now. Very appreciative of the Christian's kindness to us, but it's difficult for the children as well. Anyway, I don't need to give all that story, but it's there are various stresses in life. And so I'm looking to hear what you've got to tell me from the scriptures. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to sharing uh, what's helped me. And uh, Matthew, I have to say, Allison Flint and I met with you yesterday on Zoom, and I was really impressed by God's grace to you. <laughs> I, I expected you to look really stressed out, but you just seem to be resting in the Lord and enjoying Him. So that's, uh, that's wonderful. I hope we can all experience more of that. To be honest, uh, going through a bit of a stressful stretch right now here in our home, and so I've been, I've been applying what I'm about to say to my own heart as well. Basically, um, we often hear about anxiety as being sort of, you know, a light on the dashboard in your car and it signals something's wrong and, and you need to stop and, and open up the hood, see what's going on underneath the hood. And I think that's valuable. Um, when I sense a lot of stress in my life and anxiety, I think, okay, I need to go under the hood, right? And see what's going on. And so uh, I have four different scriptures that are all related to the, the topic of anxiety or fear. And from those four different scriptures, um, I've learned to come up with four diagnostic questions to ask my stressed out heart. And here's the thing, they're not only diagnostic questions, I find that they're also, uh, you know, solution answers. That, that just asking my heart this question um, 
uh, often brings about greater calmness and, and trust and rest in the Lord. So let's get into them. The first question I ask myself comes from Psalm 131. And I ask myself, Mike, have you forgotten who you really are? So I, I think a lot of, I think often the cause of our stress comes from us forgetting realities. And so I ask myself, have you, Mike, have you forgotten who you really are? And uh, Matthew, would you just take a moment to read Psalm 131 for us? Okay, I am turning to Psalm 131. As I do that, Mike, I got to tell you this. I, I did not, I did not know before this recording where you were going to read from the scriptures. And in all honesty, no word of a lie, my daily reading this morning was in Psalm 131, and I really appreciated that. Um, it is a it is a helpful psalm relating to this subject. And now to see that that's where you're going to take us today, that's wonderful. And that's a, a word from the Lord in itself. So I'm happy to read these words. Yeah, awesome. Well, do feel free to share anything that you gathered from your morning reading too. A Song of Ascents of David. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. So, yeah, this is just a, a very helpful psalm uh, for me because it identifies one of those root causes of anxiety. Now, now this won't be everyone's cause of anxiety for every bout of stress that you go through. But this is a very relevant and recurring one for me. In this psalm, David touches on one potential source of anxiety for us. It's, it's lifting our hearts up too high. It's raising our sights too high. It's occupying ourselves with things too great and marvelous for us. And so the question I've put to this one is, it's forgetting who we are. It's forgetting that we're, we're only human. And we can remember that David was a king and he had what a lot of us have. He had drive, he had aspirations, he had goals. And maybe he looked over his ever-expanding kingdom and he saw, you know, new horizons beyond and he, he always wanted more. The last victory in battle wasn't enough. Uh, the last king to surrender and, and give tribute isn't enough. Need more gold, need more dominion. Uh, maybe Dave thought, I, I want an international reputation. Uh, I want to, you know, be the absolute best king at slingshot harp and looks and wisdom and knowledge and so on and so on and so on. Now, it, it isn't wrong to have ambition, but the danger that comes with ambition is that it stops being an ambition for God and it turns into an ambition to become God, where we're no longer content to, to just be human. We try to push beyond our natural human limitations. We want more, more power, more knowledge, more followers. And by doing that, we put enormous pressure on ourselves to perform. And that pressure produces anxiety in our hearts. And so when this happens, we need to relearn David's secret to having a calm heart. He says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Yeah, that phrase at the end of verse 1, I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous or wonderful for me. That's really the phrase that stood out in my own reading as well. Just a, a recognition that, yeah, we, we do have limits and uh, I'm not called to solve 
every problem, nor am I capable. And sometimes some of the stress that I deal with in my life is because I have put myself in situations where I'm over my head and I, I didn't have to. Um, so it's an awareness of our limitations, our humanness, and a willingness to let God be God. But what does, what does this look like in your life, Mike? Well, often I'll notice I'm feeling anxious and my heart feels like a troubled sea. And, and so I'll ask myself, Mike, have you forgotten who you really are? Have you forgotten that you're only a human, only meant to be a human? And then I'll realize, yeah, that's what's causing my anxiety. I'm, I'm trying to be more than I am. You know, it's, it's normal for us to be anxious a little bit and, and to, to feel a level of stress when we're going to be speaking in public or when we have a very busy uh, stretch of days coming up where there's just a lot to get done. And sometimes I've noticed, okay, but, but there's something underneath that's, that's not healthy. There's, there's not just the desire to speak for the Lord, but there's a desire to speak really well, to really nail it, to, to be impressive, to, to be big. And I'll walk past all the books I haven't read yet, and they taunt me, you know. Um, I'll look at my to-do list that, that just never, I seem never to get to the bottom of. And, and it's just so uh, relaxing to just stop and say, Mike, remember who you are. You're just a human. You're just a child. God has made you to be dependent uh, we are people who hiccup when we drink too fast. We, uh, I sneeze loud enough to wake up the dead. We're, we're comical human beings. I forget names all the time. And, and so it's just, I don't know if any of this makes sense to you or our listeners, uh, Matthew, but it's so helpful for me just to calm myself and say, like, like David, no, I'm just a child with its mother, you know. Um, I don't need to push beyond my limits. I don't need to feel guilty that I can't be more than human. God only made me to be human. And uh, Kelly Capick has written an awesome book called You're Only Human, How Your Limits Reflect God's Design and Why That's Good News. And he summarizes chapter one of his book this way. He says, many of us fail to understand that our limitations are a gift from God and therefore good. This produces in us the burden of trying to be something we are not and cannot be. This first diagnostic question, have you forgotten who you really are, uh, exposes the fact that often our, our anxiety comes because we are putting too much pressure on ourselves, trying to pressure ourselves into being more than God intended us to be. Yeah, God knows our frame, and that's a comfort. And yet he still calls us, and he's still able to use us. But we need to be dependent upon him. We also need to recognize what it is that he has called us to. And sometimes I think I may get myself in some trouble, Mike, because I don't, uh, maybe I don't really stay in my lane. I, I try and get into an aspect of, of ministry, perhaps, that the Lord hasn't actually called me to. And uh, that's producing anxiety because I'm, I'm probably doing that for fleshly motives um, instead of a dependence upon the Lord. Hmm. Yeah, so stay in your lane, Matthew right. Kane. That's what my takeaway is. Uh, so question number two comes from Luke chapter 10. It's the story of Jesus and Mary and Martha. And uh, here's the question I ask myself now. I say, have you forgotten, Mike, what your Lord really wants? Have you forgotten what your Lord really wants? So in Luke 10, 38 to 42, we have uh, Jesus visiting at the house of Mary and Martha. 
And of course, Mary is sitting at, at the Lord's feet, listening to his teaching. But it says Martha was distracted with much serving. And she actually went up to the Lord and said, Don't you care, Lord, that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And the Lord says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So this is the question, have you forgotten what your Lord really wants? We've all heard that the Queen has, has recently passed away. And, uh, and stories are coming up of how she's you know, visited different locales and so on. And one of the stories where I live is that she came to stay at a, a farm, I think for an afternoon and evening nearby us here, maybe 20 minutes or so away. And, and she just wanted to visit. She didn't want it to be too formal or anything. And, and I just get thinking about that, you know, and about how, what if, what if the people hosting the queen had just been stressed out, trying to get everything perfect and organizing everything to the minute so that they could maximize her time? And then as she left, they said, so, so how was it, your majesty? Did you? And she said, you know, I'm a little disappointed. All I wanted was to be with you guys. All I wanted was to spend time with you. But instead, you, you work so hard to fill it up. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. And, and so I think about this with the Lord here. Martha woke up on this day with this big item on her to-do list. And it said this, make an amazing meal for the Lord Jesus, yeah. you know? <laughs> and she, she, that she, she worked and she worked and she worked and she was so stressed and trying to get it all right. And then at the end of the day, she has this astonishing realization that, yeah, that was on her to-do list, but it wasn't her Lord who had put it on her to-do list. All of the stress of trying to accomplish that task was of her own doing. The Lord uh, said to her, you know, the, the Lord was saying to her, like, Martha, I'd be okay with simpler meal. What, what I really want on your to-do list is that you would spend time with me, that you would sit at my feet. And so again, I asked myself, uh, first question is, Mike, have you forgotten who you are? You're only human. And then I asked myself, well, Mike, have you forgotten what your Lord really wants? Maybe all these things you're working so hard on to get done in time, and you think you're doing it for him, and you think it's part of your ministry. Maybe you're the one who stuck that on your to-do list. And all the Lord really wants with you is time with you and communion. Yeah, I think it's very helpful. I think we regularly need that reminder. But Mike, I'm just wondering also what you would say to some people who are listening to this as they're doing the dirty dishes and they're playing the podcast at the same time. And of course, the Bible belongs alongside the dirty dishes as well. So they've worked hard to prepare some meals. And, and now you're, are you implying that they didn't really need to do that or that was a waste of their time? What are you saying? Uh, no, not at all. Just remember, these are four diagnostic questions, and they won't always be relevant to every boat of stress and anxiety you're facing. Uh, the Lord does want us to feed our children, and He does want us to show hospitality to others, and so on. But often, in my case, and possibly in yours, and certainly in Martha's, often the anxiety and the stress that we put ourselves on is stress that we put ourselves under. And so, and so use this question not to feel guilty about stuff you do need to legitimately be, be working hard on, and yeah, it, it may cause some stress for you. But use this diagnostic question for the times when maybe you're adding a little, maybe you're having someone over, and, and you've told yourself it has to be to a certain level, right? Uh, it has to, you know, your house has to be a certain level, or, or you have to 
convey a certain image of how perfect your life is. Or, or maybe, you know, you feel guilted into volunteering for every single call to, to volunteer. And it's to the point where you've so filled your life with activities that you don't have time to just be with the Lord. And so maybe this question can help you in those cases. Yeah, the truth is that person coming to see you, their house is probably mm-hmm. a disaster half the time as well. And of course, now they, they see you with a perfectly cleaned up house. And when they have you, they think they got to go like mad to perfectly clean up their house too. And it's <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Uh, yeah, it's good to keep house, but um, I agree 100% with what you're saying. Have I forgotten who I really am was question number one. Question number two, have you forgotten what your Lord really wants? You said you've got two more for us. Yeah, so question three, have, I'll say to myself, Mike, have you forgotten that your father really cares? Have you forgotten that your father really cares? And of course, I'm, I'm going to 1 Peter 5, verses 6 to 7 here, where Peter tells us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt us, And then he says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so um, here is another source of our anxiety, right? Not not in this case that I'm aspiring to be more than human. I'm I'm trying to be like a mini God. Nor that I'm um, adding all these things to my to-do list that my Lord doesn't even really require me to do. And so I'm just failing to prioritize time with him. But here, sometimes we can actually forget that our Father cares. We're going through uh, a really legitimately stressful time. This is actually part of our calling as a Christian to go through this time where maybe you're an elder or a parent or a single, and, and it's just God's calling you to go through a difficult time, but then we forget that He cares for us. He cares for you, for me personally. Yeah, I think when when you reference that question, I also think of the phrase in Mark's gospel when there was a storm on the sea and the Lord Jesus was sleeping. He was at rest. And the disciples wake him and the the words of the, the phraseology of the King James is ingrained in my mind in that question. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you know we're about to die? Don't you care? And hmm. the Lord does care. And that's something we never we never need to doubt. And I acknowledge sometimes that doubt may creep in, but um, God cares for you. And that's what you've just read to us there in First Peter 5. And this passage presents a, a lovely balance. You've hi- highlighted the Father's care and the Father's heart. The passage also mentions God's hand, His power. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So this one who cares for us is mighty. He's powerful. If he was all-powerful and didn't care about us, that, that wouldn't do us any good, and that, that would be a bit frightening. But neither would it help us if he cared for us, he, he really was touched with our weakness, but if he had no power to do anything about it, that wouldn't be much better either. But God is perfectly both. He does care, and his hand is mighty to save. His hand and his heart are in perfect harmony. Amen. So that was question number three. And then finally, uh, diagnostic question number four. I'll ask myself, Mike, have you forgotten what the Spirit's voice really sounds like? What the Spirit's voice really sounds like? Uh, Because the truth is, sometimes the anxiety that we experience in our life doesn't come because we've forgotten that the Father cares, and it doesn't come because I'm aspiring too high or, or adding too much on my schedule, but it comes because of the voices that we're hearing. This is at least my experience. 
Sometimes uh, the voices that we hear internally in our, in our internal lives are awful and, and full of condemnation and full of cruelty and hatred. Not every voice we hear is the Spirit's voice. And so I'll ask myself, Mike, have you forgotten what the Spirit's voice really sounds like? And here is what his voice really sounds like. Romans 8, verses 15 to 17. Paul says, You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So there's the fear in our passage. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So again, uh, these questions don't just diagnose the source of anxiety in my life, but often just the asking of them leads to the way out or, or the ability to cope uh, with the stress. This voice that I'm hearing that is saying so many things to me of condemnation that makes my heart race and, and feels like a load of stress upon my heart. Is this really the Spirit's voice? Because the Spirit's voice sounds like this. It sounds like someone testifying internally to us that we are God's children and that we can call Him our Abba, our Father. I love that truth. We've, we've cited before the... Uh the words of J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, about the importance of knowing God as Father. He says, you sum up the whole New Testament religion if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's Holy Father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, this is the part I think we've referenced a few times. If you want to understand how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his Father. God has gone to great lengths so that the spirit of his son may be within our hearts and that we may know him as our father. I uh, love that quote, never get tired of it. And I never um, run out of my need to ask these questions. I I'd encourage you, next time you're feeling stressed or anxious, why don't you try asking yourself these questions that I've learned to ask myself. Ask yourself, have I forgotten who I really am? I'm only human. Have I forgotten what my Lord really wants? What he really wants is time with me. Maybe he doesn't ask me to do all the things I'm busy doing. And have I forgotten that he really cares? And have I forgotten what the Spirit's voice really sounds like? Great questions, probing questions, but comforting questions. And we pray honestly and sincerely that they will be a blessing to you, our listeners, today and in the days ahead, Lord willing. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mike, for this study. You're very welcome. All right, and listeners, we would like to give you a little bit of a heads up about what we're going to be covering in the next few episodes. Uh, this is something we've been asked to address, and it's something that was on our hearts anyway, because it is an issue in the culture at the moment, and that is the idea of Christian deconstruction. And uh, we're looking forward to putting some thought into this and sharing some thoughts with you. And as ever, we always appreciate your feedback and hope you are able to join us again next week. May the Lord bless you all. Mm -hmm.